0: Amen. Go ahead and be seated. and We'll get into the Word for a little while tonight. Um, You did get a little uh, information, uh, God's Word is God's God's medicine, Uh, a sheet of paper there. I just picked out ten scriptures that uh, are good to verbalize, are good to confess over your life. You know, for example, over there on the flip page where it says that uh, Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law. If you have kidney trouble or arthritis... You could say this, according to Deuteronomy 28:61, kidney trouble, liver trouble, arthritis, whatever kind of trouble it is, is a curse of the law. Amen? But according to Galatians 3:13, what's Christ done? Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Therefore, I confess I'm redeemed from whatever sickness and disease it is that's come against you. That's good news, right? Praise the Lord. And uh, a, a couple, of, last Sunday we talked on position for divine healing and divine health, and we discussed how that in the ministry of Jesus, you know, he didn't just show up and just heal immediately. Oftentimes he went about teaching and preaching and healing. Teaching, preaching, and healing. Really, he had to get sometimes the people in a frame of mind where they could receive. In his own hometown, the Bible says that he could there do no mighty work, except that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk, and they were healed. Now, Brother Hagen says that word, a few sick folk, there means a few folks with minor ailments. But you'll notice in other towns and other places where he went, he was recognized, he, his, he, he, was, he was famous, really, for his healing, amen. And people just received, I mean, miracles were popping like popcorn all over the place. And you know, he said in Luke 4, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. He was bold to declare that he was anointed. You need to be bold to declare that you're anointed. Not out of haughtiness, not out of pride, but the simple fact is this, is the same Spirit that was in Him is in you and the same Spirit that was upon Him is upon you. And it's Christ in us the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Say with me, the same Spirit that was on Him is in me and is on me. And so we know that when they came to be healed of their infirmities, in the book of Luke it says they came to first hear Him and to be healed of their diseases. So there's something about hearing that is extremely important. We know that faith does not come by having heard, but faith comes by a continual hearing and hearing by the Word of God, right? Now, I want you to look at Acts, the 14th chapter, and I'll let you know what verse it is when I get there. Acts, chapter 14. And we'll notice uh, something that's, uh, that occurred in the Apostle Paul's ministry and in his meetings. Amen? Okay. In verse uh, 6, we'll start there in Acts 14, verse 6, it says, "...they were aware of it, and fled unto Lystra and Derbe, cities of Laconia, and unto the region that lieth round about. And there they preached what? They preached the gospel." Now, the gospel isn't preached properly unless the full gospel is preached. Amen? Unless full salvation is preached. And full salvation includes healing for your physical body. Amen? So we see here that there they preach the gospel. The gospel is good news. And when the gospel is preached, it is like seed going into the hearts of the hearers. And it has the capability to produce what is preached. That's why Jesus said, that they are to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow or accompany the believing ones. He said, in my name, amen, they shall cast out devils. In my name, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. In my name, they shall speak with new tongues. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And so after the disciples heard that word from the Master, the Scripture says they went forth preaching everywhere. In other words, they took the instruction of the Master and really followed His example, and they went out everywhere preaching everywhere. And the Bible says, And the Lord confirmed the word with signs following. Isn't that good news? Now notice with me, the gospel, everyone say the gospel. The gospel's good news. How many of you can remember when you heard the gospel for the first time? It was good news, right? Amen. I remember when I heard the gospel for the very first time. Oh, hallelujah. I was happy I didn't have to go to hell anymore. Amen. And there they preached the gospel. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb. Who never had walked, so we could say here that this is a hopeless situation, but remember the gospel has been preached, and so the gospel is the answer to all hopeless situations. Isn't that good news the good news is the answer to all hopeless situations. Amen. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. The same heard Paul speak. What was he hearing? He was hearing the gospel. Most likely he was hearing about how that Jesus went about doing good when he walked this earth, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Most likely, he heard that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That the same healing Jesus who rose from the dead is the same healing Jesus that will do something about you being crippled in your feet. Amen. Praise the Lord. And you know the word of God will work for whosoever will believe it. You don't have to go to Raymond to get this word to work for you. All you got to do is be a believer. Be a believer. Be a big believer and be a big receiver. Amen. Now notice with me in verse 9. The same heard Paul speak. And it says here, who, speaking of Paul, steadfastly beholding him. So Paul is preaching and he's looking at this man and he's seeing something's happening in this man. Evidently he's seeing that the lights are going on. I said the lights are going on. For it is, in fact, the entrance of His Word that gives light. You may know a lot of people in darkness, a lot of people in despondent situations, but don't ever rule out the anointing and the entrance of His Word bringing light to people. Maybe you have witnessed to someone that's hard-hearted, and it didn't look like it was working at all, but you just hold fast, hold fast, hold fast, and pray that the Word of God that you preach to them is working in their lives. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly looking at Him and perceiving. In other words, he just knew this in his spirit. It really doesn't say that he had a word of knowledge. He may have. It doesn't really say that he had a word of wisdom. He may have. We never want to rule out the gifts of the Spirit. When we love God, we love the gifts of the Spirit. Amen? They're good. But in his spirit, he just perceived... That this man had faith to be healed. He had faith to be healed. Well, where did he get that faith to be healed? He got that faith to be healed by what he heard. He didn't just come up healed, he first came up hearing. Amen. And this needs to get into the body of Christ. These truths need to get into people. We need teaching. We need preaching. We need the gifts of the Spirit. We need the glory of God and manifestation. We need it all. But we never ever want to rule out hearing the Word. The same heard Paul speak, verse 9, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed. I'm telling you, when you perceive a person has faith to be healed, I tell you, strike while the iron's hot. I said, strike while the iron's hot. Strike while the anointing is there. Strike while the power of God is in manifestation. Amen? You may know a relative, you may have a friend that's laid up in a hospital. And you go and you visit them and you just open up the word. Take these scriptures, take these 10 scriptures. And say, is it all right if I read the Word to you? Is it all right if I tell you about Jesus? I'm telling you what, the Word of God will get into their hearts and the lights will go on. And when you get to that point where you perceive that they've got faith to be healed, strike while the iron's hot. Put your hands on them in the name of Jesus. And proclaim strength and health in healing. This belongs to every believer. This belongs to every believer. It doesn't just belong to prophets. Thank God for prophets. We esteem the prophets' ministry. Thank God for evangelists. We esteem the evangelists' ministries, the pastors and the teachers and so on. But I'm telling you what Jesus said, He that believeth on me. He said, The works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do. Because I go to my Father. Look at your hands and say, My hands are anointed. Declare with me, Christ is in me. The hope of glory. And the anointed one and His anointing flows through me. While the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. And where you walk, He walks. And when you walk into a room because you love Him, and because he's manifesting himself to you in a greater way I tell you what it can do it can change and alter the very environment around you you're the light of the world and it can dispel darkness amen it can even turn a person to drunk and make him sober yeah I used to drive cab before you know way, way back way way back I was so on fire and so radical, man. I had those tape players in the back seat of the cab, and I had Brother Copeland just preaching. I mean, and Brother Copeland preaching in the 70s, he really let a rip. I mean, he lets her rip now, but I'm telling you. They got a few complaints about it. But I picked up a few drunk people before, took them over to the detox center, but I believe that when I prayed for them, they sobered up. I said, they'll sober up. It'll take cannabis right out of people's bloodstream. Man, I pray that people are trying to get high tonight. Don't even get high in the name of Jesus. Kasabatara Bahaya. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, Mr. Pastor, you're just a-preaching. You bet I'm just a-preaching. But I believe it. I believe it. Amen? People ought now to be driving intoxicated. They ought not to be driving intoxicated by cannabis and THC. Well, I'm going to get off that right now. I got on enough this morning. All right. Talking to the wrong right people, I'm in. All right. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him, and perceiving that he had what? He had faith to be healed. He got it from what he heard. Here's what Paul said. "Stand," said with a loud voice, Stand upright on thy feet. Stand upright on thy feet. The anointing was in Paul's words. The anointing was in the gospel. When he said, Stand upright on thy feet, the enablement for that man that was crippled from his mother's womb was there as a seed. And the Bible says, He leaped and walked. Ooh, hallelujah, don't you suppose it was a happy day? A happy day. A happy day when he leaped and he walked for the very first time. And I believe that happy days are ahead for the church, for the body of Christ, for you and for me as we flow and as we operate in the good news of Jesus Christ. Say, so they came to hear and they came to be healed. Look at Proverbs chapter 4, if you would. Proverbs, the fourth chapter. And notice with me in verse 20 through 23, we're just going to talk just a little while longer about God's medicine. God's medicine. In verse 20, he said, My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from before thine eyes, and keep my words in the midst of your heart. For they are life unto those that do what? Find them. It's more to just finding a scripture. I believe that this word find carries with it the thought of giving it attention, inclining the ear unto, and keeping it and protecting it in the midst of our heart. When you do that, you've got something. When you do that, you have found something, something very precious. The Living Bible, and you don't need to try to find it in your Bible because you probably don't have it, but the Living Bible says, Listen, son of mine, to what I say. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. Keep these thoughts ever in mind. Let them penetrate deep within your heart, for they will mean real life for you, And radiant health. I love that phrase. For they will mean real life for you and radiant health. Then in verse 23, he says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues or the springs of life. And so we see here then God's prescription for divine health and divine healing. Jesus said this. He said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. There's life in the Word. There's spiritual power in the Word of God. And so the first thing he tells us to do is to attend to his words. What that simply means is, give my word your undivided attention. Take heed to what my word says. You see, when we attend to something... We make it our highest priority. When we are giving something or someone attention, we're laying aside other things so that we can focus on the task at hand. Amen? If you've ever been in the hospital, nurses are supposed to attend to the patients. They're supposed to give them their undivided attention. And so it is with the Word of God. We are instructed in Joshua where he says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. And as you do that, you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. Meditation is a part of attending to the Word. Meditation means, in one sense, a a uh, a reciting, if you will, over and over again, Of the word of the Lord. In other words, you could be walking around all day, the enemy trying to distract you with symptoms. You could hold fast and latch on to one scripture all day long and meditate on it and think upon it and speak it. For example, by his stripes I was healed. By his stripes I was healed. By his stripes I am healed. If I was healed, I am healed. And if I am healed, I is healed. It's a matter of focus. It's a matter of giving your attention to. I can remember the first time I got a day pass out of the treatment center. I went into treatment in October of 1974. I went what they call over the hill for a couple of weeks. I ran away. I had some buddies come and pick me up. I couldn't take the pressure. And so I went on a little drug binge for a couple weeks. And then I finally came to myself and I checked myself back in. And so I was doing really, really well, and uh, this was before I I got saved, so I really wasn't doing that well in my soul, but it was kind of by willpower at that point. And then they gave me a pass. They said, now you can go home, you can visit family, and you can visit friends. One thing I had to do is I had to X off visiting the friends, right? I couldn't go to the bars anymore because I'd end up drunk. I couldn't go to the place where you'd smoke or shoot because I'd end up, Messing up. But I got a hold of a scripture of Philippians four thirteen. And I was going to take the Greyhound bus from Wilmer, Minnesota, that was a hundred miles west of Minneapolis, Saint Paul, where I grew up. A hundred miles west. And it was about a two hour bus bus ride to Minneapolis, and I was going to go see my present, my, my parents. And I'll tell you quite frankly, I was nervous in the service. I was nervous in the bus but I latched onto a scripture and that scripture was Philippians 4.13 and John, I said that scripture I'm a, if I said it once, I said it a thousand times on that bus ride I said, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me I can go back into the city that I lived in for years and I can go back and not do drugs I can go back and, and not hang around with, with, with loose people that I used to hang around with. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Thoughts would come and bombard my soul, but I said, Lord, I can do all things through the Anointed One. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I don't have to get drunk. I don't have to get stoned because I can do all things. And I cannot tell you, but I know now that it was a supernatural presence that came upon me and just enveloped me for the whole weekend. It became a reality in my life. I walked through the valley of the shadow of death because I could do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And whatever valley of the shadow of death that you may be facing. It may be a disease. It may be something that is just irritating you and frustrating you to no end. It might be a job that you think you cannot do. It might be some sort of a confrontation that you're going to need to have with someone. Just remember this. Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. Remember this, that you can do all things through Christ which strengthens you. You can make it. If you're a man or a woman that's prone to worry, you can live one day at a time worry-free. You need to wake up in the morning and say, you know what, I'm not, I'm worry-free today, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can live this day worry-free. I can live this day fear-free. I can live this day full of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, say with me, I can. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. One of the keynote things that they tell people that went through some of the things that I went through and some of the things that some of you have been through, you need to learn to live one day at a time. And that's all you have is one day at a time. But don't do it in your own strength. Do it in the power of God. I like to say it this way, one day at a time, one scripture at a time. Latch on and focus to your healing. See, the Bible says that He'll keep you in perfect peace if you'll keep your mind stayed on Him. Give Him your undivided attention. Hallelujah. Considering the Word is considering Jesus. And that's how Abraham had great success. When all natural hope was gone, Abraham hooked into a supernatural hope. And the scripture says he didn't consider his own body now dead, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. But he grew strong in faith, and his faith gave glory to God. Say it with me, I stagger not, and I consider not, because I consider Jesus, hallelujah, who is the author and finisher of my faith. Amen. And then, secondly, very quickly. He says, incline your ear to my sayings. What this is saying to me is this. I must put my ears in positions to hear the Word of God. I need to be under the spout where the glory comes out. I need to submit to myself to anointed teachers. I need to be listening to anointed preachers all the time. Amen? I need the Word. I'm desperate for the Word. I need the anointing. Amen. Somebody says to you, but you're preaching it all the more. I need it. Hallelujah. Now notice in First Corinthians chapter three, and I want to just kind of end with a couple thoughts. Don't want to keep you here all night. In First Corinthians chapter three and verse six, Paul was an apostle, wasn't he? He he was a wise master builder. The Apostle Paul was a planter of churches, really. okay, But he's also a, a planter of the Word and a planter of the Gospel, as we saw over there in Acts chapter 13. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6, he says, I have planted. Say it with me, Paul planted. But now, what did Apollos do? Apollos watered. Did you know that Apollos was a great Bible teacher? You see, things that have been planted need to be watered, otherwise, they'll dry up. He said, I've planted. Apollos came along and watered, but who was it that gave the increase? <laughs> <laughs> Who's given the increase? In other words, he's taking that which has been planted, he's taking that which we have been faithful to have watered, and he's the one that's going to cause the seed to spring up and grow and produce a mighty harvest. Amen. Now, notice in verse 7 it says, So then, neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth. But the main thing, it's about God. And it's God who gives the increase. Just let me give you a little word of advice. When you're in a meeting, I mean, when highly anointed teachers and preachers come to town, whether it be here or whether it be in another church or Shiloh or Faith Fellowship or Assemblies of God or even Jubilee, when strong anointed faith teachers and preachers come along, make sure that your eyes are not on them, but that your eyes are on Him. Because here's what happens. When people put their eyes on Pastor Tom, people put their eyes on me, or people put their eyes on someone like Kenneth Copeland, it hinders the anointing. It hinders the gospel because it's misplaced affection. And our affection is for Him. Lift up your hands and say, my affection is on you. And God uses men. God uses women. We esteem that. We value that. But we never give anyone a place above Jesus. Say of me, give glory to yourself, Lord. Give glory to yourself in my life. So God's Word is seed. And once it is planted, it needs to be watered. I want to say to you tonight that the watering of the Word is as important as the planting. Now incline your ear to my sayings. You can just hear something one time. You can't just hear something one time and nod your head and have a great harvest of the Word in your life. It doesn't happen that way. It can happen that way because God is a miracle-working God. But I'm talking by and large, we must keep hearing it. We must keep being watered by the Word. Say it with me. The first time I heard the Word, it was planted. But the next time, it's being watered. And so it needs to continue to be watered until that Word produces everything it's supposed to. You know, the Bible says that you are God's garden. That you are God's field to be planted. And the sower sows the word. And the sower comes and he throws seed out. Say with me, I'm God's garden. I am God's field. And your seed will grow good in me. So listen with the ears of your spirit. In Mark chapter 4, verse 23 and 24 in the Amplified Version, I'm going to ask you to pull it up there. Mark chapter 4, 23 and 24, ready, read. It says, If any man has ears to hear. Who decides whether you have ears to hear? I do. You do. If any man has ears to hear, let him be listening And let him perceive and comprehend. I want to pull up the other amplified translation, the AMPC. I like that one better. The amplified classic one. Is that the classic one? Okay. All right, look at verse 24 then. Verse 24. I think I threw him up there a little bit. Okay, let's go to verse 24 then. doesn't look right to me. It doesn't feel right. (laughs) And he said to them, be careful what you're hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you, what? Will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. And more besides will be given to you who hear. And so to incline your ear to his sayings means that we must incline our, not incline our ear to the traditions of men, but only to the Word of God. Incline your ear to healing scriptures. Whether you're sick or whether you're well, make your tongue do its duty. Stand up, everybody. And let's just say a few things before we go home tonight. Amen? Say this with me, I diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord my God. And I purpose in my heart to do what is right in your sight. And keep your commandments, for you are the Lord that heals me. The eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout the whole earth. And he's showing himself strong on my behalf, for my heart is loyal to you. Thank you, Lord, that you have forgiven me all of my iniquities. You have healed me of every disease. By his stripes, I was healed. Himself took my infirmities. And bore my sicknesses. Somebody says, Pastor Mark, do you really think that that'll work for me? No, I don't think it. I know it. I know it. I know that it'll work for you, just like I know that my name is Mark. I'm not going to tell you my middle name. Mark, last name Thomas. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. And there's power in continuing in these things. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you're going to know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You're here tonight. You say, Pastor, I want prayer tonight. In an area of my life, Pastor, Tom, just come. I know it's been a big weekend. But uh, just come, and let's just continue to center in.